From the School of Education at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, this is the Proud Rural Teacher Podcast, and I'm your host, Jessica Brogley. Support for this podcast comes from the Rural Schools Collaborative, a national nonprofit committed to strengthening the bonds between schools and communities. Funding is part of the collaborative's I Am a Rural Teacher campaign. You can learn more about RSC online at ruralschoolscollaborative.org. When you think of Wisconsin Dells, I'm guessing the first thing that might come to mind would be the water parks and resorts. Located in southern Wisconsin, Wisconsin Dells draws in well over 4 million visitors a year. Despite that huge tourist draw, the permanent resident population is actually much smaller. Matter of fact, Wisconsin Dells High School's enrollment is just 500 and 58 students. A few months ago, I was able to take a group of pre-service teachers on a tour of the high school, as I heard it was recently built and rather unique. Honestly, I was so caught off guard. Not only is it aesthetically beautiful with natural light, flexible space, and ample room, the spaces are so carefully placed. One area that really caught me off guard was the family and consumer education spaces. I think back maybe 12 or 15 years ago, I noticed a trend of schools eliminating their family and consumer education departments. But Wisconsin Dells have moved the other way. They've bolstered that department. But think about it. Many of their students head into the hospitality industry during high school or after graduation. The space they've created is responsive to their community. Today, you're meeting Erin Mikulski, family and consumer education teacher at Wisconsin Dells High School. She's going to describe the space and their programming. And in the show notes, I'll leave you pictures. This interview left me feeling truly inspired. What is your role in the Wisconsin Dells School District? Oh boy, Um, I'm a family consumer science instructor, um, but I'm also our district CTE coordinator for Korean technical education. And then as part of all of that, I also do some uh, dual credits with uh, the local uh, colleges, tech schools. So I've got a little bit of everything going on there. And how long have you been in the district? This is my 22nd year. Wow. So you've seen uh, the district kind of evolve, I, I would say. <laughs> yes, I yeah. have. We've kind of come full circle a couple of times, I feel. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's been good. It's been a good uh, experience. Now, I, I think most people know where Wisconsin Dells is and, and kind of what the district, or I should say what the community has to offer Wisconsin and the Midwest, of course. But how do your students fit in with the local industry? A lot of ways. Um, a lot of people still, when they come here, they don't realize that we are an actual community, that people live here, that uh, we don't just come and play in the, the water parks and such. But um, we have uh, four schools. We've got our, our brand new high school, and uh, we have uh, middle school now in its own building, which is the old high school. And our Spring Hill Elementary is uh, just on the hill from that, and Lake Dalton has its own elementary. So we are dispersed throughout the whole of the the community and we actually serve five counties 
here in our area. So it's a little bit different depending on which county you, you come from, where, where kids are uh, traveling from. But we, we fill in the, the service industry need. We really do. Our kids are, are working from a young age, especially if their parents own a, a business. So they have been in the service industry for a long time. And uh, we're year round now. We aren't just the summer vacation point anymore. We are working in the resorts over the, the winter time. We've got kids who work out at the, the ski resorts and um, it's just, we are really a part of the, the service industry. So the kids do feel that need for workers. Uh, I grew up just north of Wisconsin Dells and I definitely remember how quiet the Dells used to be in the winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's not like that anymore. Um, you're absolutely right. Uh, the, the kind of the evolution of how the place has changed uh, is certainly notable throughout the Midwest. Um, and so you, uh, your department, your school district has been responsive to that change. And uh, I had the, the honor really of obtaining a tour of the building and your area was absolutely fascinating to me. Before we talk about the area though, I probably need a visual or an understanding of your daily schedule. Okay. What's your day like? It's pretty busy. <laughs> um, I actually am teaching only hospitality and tourism uh, this semester, which is uh, almost a first, quite honestly. So I start off with my, my basic foods class with uh, two periods of the day right off the bat. And then we could be in the classroom or we could be over in the, the lab, depending on, on what we're doing. And I also teach an intro to hospitality class that's dual accredited with Medicine College. And so that's my biggest class right now with uh, 27 kids. And uh, we're looking at the whole of the, the hospitality industry. So we're into food and beverage. So we've had a lab this week as well, just to get kids into the kitchen and, and doing something fun for a, like a coffee house idea we kind of came up with. And then um, I teach a pro start culinary course and I've got three sections of that back to back, which really keeps me busy. So these are kids that um, many of them are working in a restaurant and uh, or some type of a food preparation area. I've got a couple of Dunkin' Donuts and uh, a concession stand, so that kind of a thing too. But they're doing some kind of food production. So we're using the National Restaurant Association curriculum to kind of give them more skills and uh, abilities for working with food. Then I end my day with my, I call it advanced foods, but uh, it'll be dual credited with uh, Fox Valley Tech. Um, it's going to be called Nutrition for Culinary Arts. So it's the next step in food. So we go my basic foods class to do Nutrition for Culinary Arts. Then we go to um, first start culinary. And the intro to hospitality class is just kind of dispersed throughout for anybody who's interested in some type of, of hospitality career. So it keeps you busy. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, you know, you, you referenced dual credit enrollment as well, which is wonderful. So responsive to what your community needs and, and where the kids are heading. It's just great. You know, you, you did mention the fact that you have two spaces, the lab and the classroom. And mm-hmm. I, uh, when I was there, I photographed multiple parts of the school. And of course, I 
captured images from your classroom and lab. It's not like anything I've ever seen before, especially in a school district. Let's paint that picture if you could. Can you describe to our listeners um, what the classroom looks like, but then especially what that amazing lab looks like? Sure. So I, for the first time, have just a classroom. And uh, at the old school, there was a combo classroom slash lab that was a residential area like you would see in your, your home kitchen. So my classroom has the, the traditional desks, and then we can walk just down the hallway to the, what we call the regular foods room. So it's your residential kitchens at home set up like you would have your home kitchen set up. So kids are getting used to working in the kitchen because we have uh, students that don't have a kitchen in their home. So they don't know how to, to use some of the equipment. So we don't assume that they have these uh, skills and abilities. And so it's set up very similar throughout the classroom so they can be working whichever kitchen to get the feel for what you would be doing. doesn't matter which kitchen you're in. But then you can walk right through the regular foods room to our culinary lab. And that is, uh, it's definitely an amazing place. Um, you kind of base it off of a couple of different college labs. I've had the chance to work at uh, Daytona State College for some uh, culinary trainings, I should say. I've been at Medicine College, I've been at uh, Fox Valley Tech. So taking some of those big rooms, lots of equipment and just putting it down to what we could do here at uh, the local level to get kids working on food service equipment that they would be using in any of the restaurants in the area. Getting a chance to to, uh, work in the, the dish pit even knowing how to, to run the dishwasher and the food department sinks. Mm-hmm. We've got a, a walk-in cooler and freezer now, which the amount of space we have now compared to what we used to have is amazing. It's just absolutely amazing. We, we can do many things at once that we wouldn't have been able to do in the other building. And it really does give the kids a, a better idea of what it would be like working in a, a busy kitchen. Can you go through, um, as I'm looking at the pictures, I see things kind of lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, can you describe what some of the tools on the industrial side or the the, you know, the, sure. the large kitchen, what are some yeah. of the things the students get to work with and learn how to use? So we have every uh, station, as we call them here, um, underneath a, a large hood vent. So you're going to have the, the fans moving and, and running. And so each station has a range oven that has a two burners on the left side and on the right side is a flat top. Then they also have a convection oven underneath so they get a chance to do, do a little bit of, of everything with uh, either baking or whatever you might be uh, working on for a breakfast item. They, they love using the flat tops of course because it's mm-hmm. always fun to have the, both the eggs and bacon going at the same time. Mm-hmm. But um, I also have a, a demo area demo station that I could be showcasing something. They could be watching it on the screen that we have at the front of the room. So those that are at the end station can still see what's going on, whatever they might be doing at the their own station. So we have each has a station and then all of the uh, small wares and such might be hung up by the uh, uh, produce prep area so they can spray off all their produce and do scrubbing things down at the sink, but then they can move over and uh, do some knife work at the, the next 
uh, project area. Then I kind of designated a spot for anything with uh, mixing and baking. So our food processors and our blenders and our, our uh, cobalt mixers are all over there so that the kids can be moving around the room and doing different uh, projects at the same time. Hand washing stations were huge because we hadn't had those before. And it's been wonderful to have just a spot for kids just to wash their hands because you would be tying up a sink just to hand wash when you need it to be washing produce or washing dishes or whatever it might have been. Now kids can go and run things to the dishwasher and we don't normally fall behind on dishes, which is really nice. <laughs> I wish I could do that at home. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So I noticed um, you also have these beautiful garage doors, these glass garage doors that seem to allow for some flexible movement between classrooms. Is that correct? Am I imagining that right? We don't have a garage door in ours. We decided to do a a swinging door instead. Sure. We just thought it might be a little too much up and down if we needed to go from one room to the other. And we're actually kind of glad we went with the swinging doors, but our arts area our uh, tech ed area has uh, garage doors and our egg area has garage doors. And it's been very helpful when you need to move from one space to another. Like our egg teacher has a animal science area and uh, to go outside with whatever animals might be there, it's a whole lot easier to open up that garage door than to try to mm-hmm. bring one of the, the, the cows out the regular door that does not work very well. <laughs> <laughs> not so cooperative. No, not so cooperative, but it does work out well. And we have glass at every classroom, so you can see into the classroom from the hallway. And it took the kids a month or so to, to get used to people being out there in the hall. Yeah. But they're, they're used to it. That it doesn't bother them anymore that there's people walking. There are some distractions, of course, always. They're oh, sure. teenagers, but uh, <laughs> we've gotten a lot of compliments about the glass, and it's been, it's been pretty nice. Yeah, the natural light in your building is by far the best I've ever seen. And after the break, we'll find out how Miss Mikulski collaborates with other departments. Rural teachers work hard as classroom instructors and community leaders, and here at the Rural Schools Collaborative, we want to celebrate their stories. That's why we partner with the National Rural Education Association to bring you the I Am a Rural Teacher campaign. Read and listen to teacher stories, share your own, or visit our Teach Rural job board to view openings across the country. Visit IamARuralTeacher.org to learn more. I'm a rural teacher. I'm a rural teacher. I am a rural teacher. Am I correct in that you partner with the agricultural classes a bit to maybe grow produce? Is that correct? Yes, yes, we do. They do the, the growing of the, the produce as, as much as possible. And um, we will help the weed and, and garden and such as we need to. And it's always a good thing. But uh, we have been harvesting just about anything. And if we can use it into the curriculum, we will. Uh, we did some uh, blueberry jam that was thrown on campuses, our school campuses. And then because this is the old uh, blue farmland that was uh, purchased and then donated to us for the uh, building of the school, we've decided to call it the Blueberry Farm. It was kind of a play on uh, the farm itself. <laughs> and, uh, so it's going to be the Blueberry uh, Farm. I can't remember the other words, but we're <laughs> <laughs> just trying to uh, bring that in and, and embrace the history of the blue farm here and then everything we're trying to do 
the aquaponics is growing lettuce right now, so we'll use that. The, the food service department will use some of that. And our chickens finally got moved out to the, the barn. So uh, we take our scraps out of the chickens and hopefully we'll be having eggs when they start laying and be using those in, in class as well. I didn't know there were chickens. I, I, I think I, I remember seeing chicks maybe, but I, I didn't realize that they would be moved outside. That's awesome. Yep, yep they grew up and got loud and had to get out. <laughs> <laughs> Try to do as much cross-curricular as we can. Uh, and our business ed department had uh, one of their classes do the labels for the, the, blue, the blueberry jam and then trying to incorporate tech ed as well. So if there's anything we can do with the, uh, selling of and, and making different uh, crates and such to, to sell like four packs of jam or something like oh, that. Sure. But, uh, the tech department doing that as well. So. It's great to see um, that your, your department is so respectful for what your community needs, but that you're also very interdisciplinary and, you know, leaning on each other to help cross that finish line. Um, so your kids are making all this food. Uh, <laughs> where does it all go? Oh, well, we try to get the kids to take as much home with them as they can. Um, we do some tastings. We will do a little bit of uh, catering here and there. Um, but most of it, it gets eaten by the kids in class. I, I try to be conscious of how much we make so that we're not doing a whole lot of food waste. And if we can save anything that could go to the compost pile or if uh, we can give anything to the chickens, they... They really like cucumbers, so <laughs> I give them a treat every now and again of what we're making. But um, and I do have the kids try, especially in my my uh, culinary class, try other groups food items just to see what somebody else has prepared. So it is we try not to make too much of a, a waste. After students graduate, where do they take this knowledge? Well, I'm hoping that they're taking it uh, first of all home to their own life and are able to use what they've been taught in, in any of our CTE classes because so much of it is real life and real application that uh, I'm hoping that they are, are taking that home. And I know that no matter where you go to school or if you're going to be uh, going out into the workforce, you, you've got to go out to, to eat every now and again. It's maybe part of your job or maybe something that you do after studying all night long, you know. And so you're going to take some of that same knowledge with you there as you are a consumer. But You'll be working somewhere in the industry at some point, most likely, and so these skills that they develop and the abilities and, and the qualifications that they have, and I hope that they are applying that to their, their first jobs and their first um, go around with the, the industry. So certifications have become huge, and we're trying very hard to include industry certifications here at the high school level. It's not been as successful as we want it to be yet, but we're working on it. So um, something like a serve safe certification for food service, we're still working towards that so that the kids have a little bit more marketability even when they go get a job. Are you aware of any students that have taken your courses and then gone on into the field uh, and utilized these skills in their, in their uh, hospitality career? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had a few that have uh, decided to go somewhere into to foods. Uh, when I first started teaching here 22 years ago, um, the teacher that was here had a number of students that were our business owners here in our, our community right now. Um, they come back to the school and, and uh, share with the students their successes and failures and uh, 
what made them go into the industry. Uh, we just had a uh, culinary competition that we hosted here for some of our schools within our CISA. And uh, one of two of our former students actually, um, one is at Breakbush Chicken and one is at uh, US Foods, came in to either present, judge, or just be there to um, encourage the students as they competed. So it's, it's been fun to see them come back and they love giving back and, and coming back and, and uh, sharing their knowledge with the students. Sounds like the space and the development of curriculum and support has really impacted student learning. And mm-hmm. I'm very uh, appreciative that you talked about the influence or how it might impact their home and their school. What are some of your future goals? I know that we would like to do more with uh, community needs. What is it that we need to help families with. Uh, I'd like to see a more of a family connection there as well. How can we get out there with families and um, talk a little bit about having some night courses, uh, whether it be how to cook a particular dish or we want to share how to can or something like that. We're using some of our um, community, sorry, our county resources when we look at uh, like 4-H and um, the extension office and such and and bringing them in again and, and to see what we can do to just reach out to the community and, and give as much help or, or information as, as necessary. But um, I think we really want to get kids some skill and certification so that they can be more marketable if they decide not to go on to some type of training or just would like to go, go to work having the students get some type of a diploma or even a, a small degree before they leave high school in the area of hospitality would be awesome. And I know that we've, we've talked about it before, but it's just, it hasn't come to fruition yet. So we're, we're still working towards that kind of a goal too. I'm sure there's a lot to accomplish or a lot, many steps to that process. And, mm-hmm. and with everything going on the past two years, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> you've had plenty on your plate. Uh, it's wonderful. The space is wonderful, but uh, more importantly, honestly, your the curriculum, the opportunities that you're providing your students are um, life changing. I uh, thank you for dedicating the time uh, and the focus to really putting CTE and family and consumer education um, on a, a authentic spotlight um, that's responsive to your community. It's great. Thank you. Do what we can. That's for sure. The Proud Rural Teacher Podcast is hosted by me, Jessica Brogley, with the School of Education at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville. The theme music was created by secondary English education major, Simon Yan. The RSC sponsor segment was recorded by elementary education major, Maddie Lund. Be sure to subscribe to the PRT Podcast and visit us online at proudruralteacherpodcast.com. And if you have an episode suggestion or feedback, please leave us a speak pipe message on our website. We want to hear your stories. Thanks for listening.